Welcome to our online study. This week we are studying meekness and rest. In Matthew 5, verse 5, it says, Blessed are the meek, for they shall inherit the earth. In the secular world today, we find that meekness is equal to weakness. But that is far from true in the Christian world today. When we look up the Greek word for meek in Matthew 5, 5, it says that it denotes gentle, mild, and meek, and shows by implication to mean humble. Meekness is strength under control. Titus 3, verse 2 says, To speak evil of no one, to be peaceable, gentle, showing all humility to all men. In Luke chapter 6, verse 29, it says, To him who strikes you on the one cheek, offer the other also. And from who takes away your cloak, do not withhold your tunic either. In 1 Peter 2:23, it shows us Christ's example. It says, Who, when he was reviled, did not revile in return. When he suffered, he did not threaten, but committed himself to him who judges righteously. Then we see the promises made by being meek. In Matthew 5:5, 5, 5, we just saw how it says the, our promises that the blessed are the meek for they shall inherit the earth. Now when you look at Psalms 37 verse 11, it takes it up a step. It says, But the meek shall inherit the earth and shall delight themselves in the abundance of peace. Now you remember in our definition of the Greek word meek that also mentioned humble. In Psalms 147 verse 6, it says, The Lord lifts up the humble, and he casts the wicked down to the ground. So here we have seen meekness. Now what about the other portion of our study? Rest. Let's look and turn to our Bibles, Matthew 11, verses 28 to 30. It says, Come to me all you who labor and are heavy laden and I will give you rest take my yoke upon you and learn from me for I am gentle and lowly in heart and you will find rest for your souls for my yoke is easy and my burden is light here we are seeing burden and rest contrasted burden is born by mankind is a heavy and a crushing thing the word jesus used in matthew eleven twenty eight, translated heavy laden or burdened means a load carried or toil borne to the point of exhaustion rest is simply release from that burden it is not something we do it is what causes us when we cease to do. 
Look at Exodus 33, verse 14. It says, And he said, My presence will go with you, and I will give you rest. Think about the burdens that weigh us down. Three particular ones that we cover in this study is pride, pretense, and artificiality. So let's look at the first one, pride. Pride is self-gratifying, the burden of self-love. There's a plaque that reads, I am humble and I will be the first one to tell you. Now, doesn't that really sound humble? Why do we call pride a burden? Pride causes us to defend ourselves when people act against us. We get our feelings hurt at the slightest thing. I have a video that I want to show you that shows the effects of pride. Please watch this. When we choose to allow pride into our lives, it is built one brick at a time. It often starts small, but each additional thought or action is capable of building a tower dedicated to self. The result is often marvelous, a specimen of achievement, seemingly free from flaw or defect. But this image is built on nothing more than a foundation of self. As it climbs higher, the structure weakens, and as time passes, holes begin to appear, each one a small clue alluding to the facade of the design. Bit by bit it grows, becoming unstable as it is weakened by its own attempt to outbuild its flaws. And then eventually it happens. The weight of the whole system becomes too much to contain and it collapses. Each piece of false glory crumbles to the ground, leaving us right back where we started with an opportunity to build again. Perhaps this time on a stronger foundation. Ladies, pride and self-gratification is useless. It gets you nowhere. Our self-worth does not come from people, so why do we carry so much burden about what people say? How many times has our sorrow come from someone speaking slightingly against us? Tozer says, there's the heart's fierce effort to protect itself from every slight to shield its touchy honor from the bad opinion of friend and enemy will never let the mind have rest. Continue this fight through the years and the burden will become intolerable. Ladies, pride is a sin. It is one of those self-hyphenated sins that we need to rid our lives of. As we walk in meekness, in humility, we will find an inner peace that will satisfy our soul. Now the second burden that weighs us down is pretense. The burden of pretending. We put on a spiritual front often allowing our inner weaknesses to stay hidden. 
We pretend to be someone we aren't. We claim we know more than we do to hide from the real world and our inner insecurities. We live in fear that someone is going to be better than us. Pretense makes us look at others with envy and jealousy, so we pretend to have what others have and yet live in fear of being found out. Ladies, when we pretend to have more than we do, when we pretend to be someone we aren't, it only robs us of the enjoyment we get and appreciation for the things that we do have. If you are always jealous of things others have, it is like telling God He is not meeting your needs, that you do not appreciate what He has done for you. The third burden that weighs us down is artificiality, the burden of hiding. This goes right along with pretense. We are never relaxed because we are constantly trying to imitate others and living in fear that someone is going to find out. It's like keeping up with the Joneses. We always want to come across as we are in the know, to be the life of the party, to be the one everyone goes to. So how do we get rid of these burdens and accept Christ's rest? Ladies, we must kneel at Jesus' feet and surrender ourselves to his meekness. What we think about God is the most important thing about us. It is not what people think about us, but what we think about God. I have an audio here of Chuck Swindoll and I'd like you to listen to this about what he has to say about thinking of God. I would like to give you 12 words that I hope you will never ever forget. Here they are. What we think about God is the most important thing about us. Once again, what we think about God is the most important thing about us. I'll repeat that periodically through this message because I want it riveted into your brain. You'll need it in this day in which there is a lot of sloppy and silly thinking about God. Matter of fact, if we have a low and inaccurate view of God, our worship will be shallow and skewed and dissatisfying. However, if we have a high view of God, and if it is true, our worship will be meaningful and pure, satisfying and deep. I'll go further. If we shape our thinking about God from the culture around us, our life will remain complicated and even become chaotic. But if we allow Holy Scripture to shape our thinking God will emerge in our minds as He is, real, personal, meaningful, all-powerful. What we think about God is the most important thing about us. Those 12 words, what we think about God 
is the most important thing about us. Ladies, it is not about what people think about us. It is not about how much we have or how much we know. It is what we think about God. When you are all alone and it is just you and God, what is it that you think about? Do you recognize God as the I am like we saw in last week's lesson? Have you surrendered all to him? Do you care about what others think of you more than what God thinks about you? Let's hear a little more of Charles Swindoll's message. Tragically, not many people think that much about God. In fact, there are a few who don't do much thinking at all these days. Today I want you to understand him. I want him to become, well, real to you. Truth be told, the church of the 21st century has reached an all-time low-water mark theologically. We have come into shallow waters biblically. This isn't a new realization. A.W. Tozer wrote of it 50 or more years ago. The church has surrendered her once lofty concept of God and has substituted it for one so low, so ignoble, as to be utterly unworthy of thinking, worshiping men and women. With our loss of the sense of majesty has come the further loss of awe and consciousness of the divine presence. We have therefore lost our spirit of worship and our ability to withdraw inwardly to meet God in adoring silence. How true is that? Adoring silence. In adoring silence, do we get alone with God? What do we think about God? The heart of the world is breaking under this load of pride and pretense. There is no release from our burden apart from the meekness of Christ. Matthew 11:28 says, Come to me, all you who labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Ladies, the rest that he offers is the rest of meekness. The blessed relief which comes when we accept ourselves for what we are and cease to pretend. So, what are the characteristics of a meek person? The motto is, in ourselves, nothing. In God, everything. The meek knows that the world will never see us as God does and ceases to care what men think. The meek knows that in God's sight we are more important than the angels. The meek rest 
perfectly content in God, praising Him for everything in our lives. No longer trying to keep up with the Joneses or the appearance of keeping up. And the meek no longer struggle to defend ourselves. That is over. We need not fight this battle. We can have inner peace. Jesus calls us to his rest and meekness is his method. Ladies, we must surrender all to Christ. We must recognize our complete dependency on him. 2 Corinthians 12, 9-10 says, He said to me, My grace is sufficient for you, for my strength is made perfect in weakness. Therefore, most gladly, I, I will rather boast in my infirmities, that the power of Christ may rest upon me. Therefore, I take pleasure in infirmities, in reproaches, in needs, in persecutions, in distresses for Christ's sake. For when I am weak, then I am strong. God gave Paul deep and intimate spiritual experiences. There was the danger that he might begin to think too highly of himself. Therefore, God gave Paul a thorn in the flesh to keep him mindful that he was no better than any other men. Paul was totally dependent upon God. Notice verse 10 says, Therefore, I take pleasure in infirmities, in reproaches, in needs, in persecutions, in distresses for Christ's sake. For when I am weak, then I am strong. When is it, ladies, that we go to Christ? It's when we sit and we try on our own strength to do something and it doesn't work out and it's still going on and finally we drop what to the darkest low that we have and we finally say okay God you take it that's when we are strongest if we could only learn to take that step further and drop out the middle person where we try and do it on our own and go immediately to God For when I am weak, then I am strong. We discover a large source of rest when we read Second Samuel twenty-two, twenty-nine to thirty-seven. The encouragement comes in realizing that while God never promises to keep us from trials, He does promise to supply and equip us for the trials. Look at verse 34. It says, He makes my feet like the feet of deer and sets me on my high places. This tells us that God doesn't remove the obstacles, but he does give us the energy to jump over them. Then look at verse 35. 
It says, He teaches my hands to make war so that my arms can bend a bow of bronze. This tells us that He doesn't keep us out of battle, but He does train us for it. And then look at verse 37. You enlarged my path under me so my feet did not slip. He gives us the sure-footedness that we need to walk on any path. What an encouragement to just rest in Him. Ladies, we need to rid our lives of pride, pretense, and artificiality. It doesn't matter what people say about us, what they think about us, or how we want people to perceive us. What matters is your personal relationship with God. What you think about God. Is He Lord of your life? Let's say Tozer's prayer together. Lord, make me childlike. Deliver me from the urge to complete with another for place or prestige or position. I would be simple and artless as a little child. Deliver me from pose and prestige. Forgive me for thinking of myself. Help me to forget myself and find my true peace in beholding thee, that thou may answer this prayer. I humble myself before thee. Lay upon me thy easy yoke of self-forgetfulness, that through it I might find rest. Amen. Ladies, it's been a pleasure doing this study, and I look forward to seeing you again next week. Bye-bye.